You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to Bear of Balance. I'm Jeff Burkus, a writer for Windy City Gridiron, and I'm joined by the editor of that fine website, Lester A. Wiltfong Jr. Lester, I mean, did you expect this? Because I certainly did not expect the Chicago Bears to walk into New England on Bill Belichick tied with George Hallis and come out with a victory. What about you? Yeah, I, I never expected. I thought the uh, the Patriots were going to beat the Bears pretty good. I, th- I think I did pick the Bears to, to cover, but that was my fandom coming through, I believe, there. And uh, But, uh, yeah, I thought the Patriots were going to beat the Bears pretty bad. I mean, it's Bill Belichick, defensive mastermind, you know, and – Justin Fields has not been the greatest passer this season. I thought they would uh, really take it to the Bears and just kind of you know take away what they wanted to do, and that didn't happen. And the, the mini buy that the Bears had there, they took advantage of, it and they came out with some new wrinkles in the offensive game plan. And I think the you know it's funny because Bill Belichick talked about how great the Bears' running game was, and then that's exactly what happened. It was kind of uh, kind of interesting and kind of fun as a Bears fan to kind of watch that one play out. Bill Belichick talked about a lot of things that the Bears did well. He He talked for seven minutes at the podium, over a thousand words about all of the great things the Bears did, including Trenton Gill, how good he is in the kicking game. Just mentioned everything about how good the Bears were. And his team didn't take it seriously, as no one on social media did either, right? Now, Bill Belichick is a master of doing that to every single team. People were like, so amazed at Sean McVay. Remember this when when McVay yes. uh, the Bears played the Rams and McVay kind of went through and named everybody on the roster and they're like, whoa, he can do that. And it's like, yeah, Bill Belichick's been doing this for years and he's like, you know, just complimenting every single piece of, of the of the Chicago Bears, a team that he plays once every four years, right? And he, you know, he, he probably knows where all of them went to like high school, right? Like it, this this guy's just he is an encyclopedia. He knows everything. Um, but yeah, I don't think that they expected this kind of effort after what the Bears showed the previous Thursday against the Commanders because that was a team that was pretty flat, came out yeah. pretty lifeless, and, and was not able to put away a bad Commanders team. And here they come out, they've got a fresh approach, they've taken a, a real hard look at their roster, made a couple changes, which some of them didn't last very long, but <laughs> they made a couple changes, uh, and they were pretty impactful in terms of what they were able to roll out. And we'll get into some of those today, but big picture, this looked like a team that was uh, not ready to end their year early and go into hibernation, you know, by, by Halloween, this was a team that wants to come out and fight and and play some good football. And they sure showed that on Monday night. I mean, the bears are three and four now. And I mean, it's, you know, they, they, they got some wins we didn't expect them to get. And, you know, I mean, it's, it's still a very young team and it's a team going through a lot of changes here, but the coaching staff, I think has shown that, you know, they seem to have a, a good plan in place and they're, they're able to adjust on the fly. They're able to adjust, you know, week to week and in, during the games as well. So I think the bears are in a good place right now. It's 
Again, this could all change next week if they go out against Dallas and get smoked. But right now, the arrow's pointing up from, from our fandom as far as our confidence in the franchise goes. It just feels good to be able to end a three-game skid and be able to come back uh, and win a big game like this on the road. You're starting to wonder if they were going to be able to do anything on the road. The road games had been particularly tough for them in the early going. This looked really good. Um, also looked pretty good in the trenches. So let's start there. Portillo's Trench Tribute this year. Uh, every week we're giving away a $100 gift card to Portillo's. Got a few more uh, entries last week. Love to see it. I expect yeah. there to be more entries this week because there are a lot more choices for your Portillo's Trench Tribute or just Player of the Week. You can pick anybody. Hit us up on social media, wherever you get your bear and balance. Uh, send an email to 2ndcitygridiron at gmail.com if you uh, do not have social media and want to just enter that way. Whatever you do, let us know who your uh, Portillo's Player of the Week is. We'll get you entered for that $100, and we'll get it out um, as soon as possible. We'll get it out before the end of the week because uh, I, I need to make sure I get it in the mail before Saturday so you guys can get out and spend that money. Um, you, Your turn to go first this week, so uh, let's so. Uh, let's start it off. Who you, you got know, for trench tribute? I have two players down, one offense, one defense. I feel like I'm more skewing the off because I'm an offensive guy. You know, I'm I'm an ex O line, and I feel I skew more towards the O line. So, so I, I'm going to go defensive line this week. I'm going to go Justin Jones. It wasn't an overwhelming uh, a stat line. He only had two two tackles, uh, but he had two passes batted down. He had a fumble recovery. But but I kind of watched how he played, and 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 one thing we talked about a couple weeks ago with a couple other guys on the defensive line is they would get washed off the play. Justin Jones held his own; uh, he stayed where he's supposed to supposed to be. He is shooting the gaps, you know, but he's not over penetrating. I thought Justin Jones; he he seems to be coming into his own at that three tech spot. I'm not sure he's a long term answer. I think the Bears may want to go out and try and upgrade that spot, you know, in the off season, maybe in a draft, but. But for where he is right now in his career, I think Justin Jones is, is, is a good player for the Bears, and I thought he had a pretty good game uh, on Monday night. I thought the entire defensive line all chipped in with a play here and there, right? Yeah. He had the bump, Justin Jones had the fumble recovery and, and made a couple of nice tackles. That Armand Watts had a really nice tackle pretty early in the game where yep. uh, he stood up Andrews um, and, and sort of held that point and, and was able to just slide off right at the right time and make that tackle for little gain. It's a very nice play by a defensive tackle there, exactly what you see, as opposed to previously where he was kind of being dragged down and making that play, you know, four yards, uh, you know, for a four yard gain, he was making it at the point of contact. So that was a really nice play. Now, Dominique Robinson had, had the big tip, um, uh, you know, Quinn, you know, had some pressures and, and, and looked pretty good there. So like there, Travis Gibson, right? Like he, he had a big play. So, yep. so there's some like really nice uh, plays all the way around from the defensive line. Felt like that everybody kind of got a hand on something. Everybody contributed a little bit. So that was really cool to see. Um, I think on offense, I would assume Tevin Jenkins was the other name that you might have had. That was my other um, name, yeah. Okay, so I, I think we got to at least acknowledge just how well uh, he he has adapted to the guard position, how how good he's playing right now. Um, I, I mean, I, we we've been talking about it the whole year. I, he he continues to get mentioned in this in this space. You know, I kind of called him out last week for throwing his defender <laughs> at Justin Fields' knees again. You know six inches away That's a from no, no, yeah. ending the season. So like, hopefully that got talked about in the mini buy. I, I also just want to mention like Michael Schofield, right? Like, yeah, I mean, he steps in. I thought he played pretty solid football. Uh, I'm sure that I could go back with a fine tooth comb and find things that weren't good, but 
overall, like he wasn't sticking out like a sore thumb. Um, that's pretty good for a guy that hadn't really played yet, who got ate up in the preseason and kind of just got lost his starting job right away because because of how poor he started. This is a professional football player that's been around the league for a while. Um, he's a hometown kid. He wanted to play for the Bears because you know that was his team growing up. Again, rough start for him to to kind of have a position and then lose it, but got an opportunity to play here, and I thought he played pretty solid. I thought it was worth mentioning here as well. So a lot to choose from. There which is great. Yeah, There's fine. a lot to choose from in other categories as well, which is great. Um, it's been so so much better than previous weeks, uh, but but that that's where I'm going to. I think the guards deserve uh, so, some love here, some some trench tribute. So we will uh, we will leave that here. We'll go on to the tweet of the week. And again, I'm going to have you start. It looks like we kept it in the home park here. We, yeah. we both picked. Uh, we both picked uh, fellow contributors. So. It's all in the family. I got Jacob Infante, of course, who is at Jacob Infante 24. Uh, the Bears didn't allow a single point against the Patriots in the second half. They have now allowed an average of just 5.28 points in the second half through seven weeks. He says, "Kudos to defense coordinator Allen Williams and a young group of defenders." So. I mean, it's true. I talked about a little bit last night. I was on the uh, the post game with Robert Schmitz, and we talked a little bit about how how Alan Williams kind of changed some of the stuff he does here. You know, he he is blitzing a little more. He is doing a little more stuff up front with trying to create different uh, different pressure packages when he has a chance to. But that defense really coming around. I mean, it's 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 one of the it's from the numbers only. It's 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 around a top ten defense. I'm not sure about the DVOA. That's a little more uh, uh, accurate to kind of look at those things, but the points allowed, the yards allowed, you know, they're doing a pretty good job there. And, and, you know, Alan Williams hasn't called plays here since I think 2011 to 2012 with the Vikings. So there were some questions about him, if he can kind of, you know, what he will do. And I think uh, Matt Eberflus put his trust in him. And I think he is showing that it was, uh, it was warranted because he's doing a good job calling plays for defense. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's been pretty fascinating to see just how good of second half adjustments are made. A lot of football yeah. games, the second half adjustments really favor the offense, right? Like the defense comes in, there's it's usually kind of like a like a early in a boxing match where the yep. guys are kind of bouncing around, they're trying to fill each other out. You know, can my jab get in there, right? Like what what's working, what doesn't, and then as the game goes on, the defense gets tired, and the offense has figured out kind of where to push the buttons. It's kind of you know the the biggest example of that is that uh, Kansas city chiefs, Buffalo bills game last year, where it's like every time these teams get the ball, they're going to score a touchdown. Right. And the, the, you know, they, they know how, all the buttons to push and the defense is tired games over. Right. Uh, the Patriots in the super bowl that one year where it's like, well, they're going to win because they won the coin toss. Like whoever wins the coin toss is going to go down and score a touchdown. And, and so a lot of times you see that, like you see where the, the offense, is the one that's really benefiting from the halftime adjustments and and the game wearing on. The Bears defense seems to somehow benefit yeah. from from a halftime and and somehow just like get better as the game goes on. You don't see that very often. You don't. No. But this is a, a t- if that's true. If that's going to continue, um, that's an amazing asset to have because it, that's how you close out games. You know, I think part of it is because they rotate their D line so much, you know, it's not just the tackles. It's the DNs too. They have, they're four deep at each spot and, and they rotate those guys pretty good. They want to keep everyone fresh. And I think that that bodes well, like you said, for the second half, that's when the, that's when an offense usually starts wearing down a defensive line. 
and, and we're not seeing that happen so far this year anyway. And I think that's good. You know, you mentioned a few guys at the top, you know, Gibson, Robinson, you know, uh, Jones, uh, uh, Blackson has, has looked pretty good this year, you know, so, so they're really rotating those guys to try and keep those guys fresh and then let those, uh, the guys in the back end, you know, do their job too. Well, my tweet is from Aaron Lemming. He's at Aaron Lemming NFL. He says, fun fact, uh, kicker Cairo Santos has been 67 out of nine, uh, 67 out of 73, which is a 92% conversion rate since taking over as the Bears kicker back in 2020. So, you know, Cairo Santos was signed in the middle of the year. Eddie Pinheiro had that injury. Um, he couldn't, couldn't get over that. Uh, I believe it was like a groin injury or something like that. Santos comes in, you know, he had been injured in Kansas City. It was kind of like, eh, Cairo Santos, you know, yeah, maybe. And then he just kept making kicks. And it was like, who is this guy? Wait, is this, is this, let me look a little deeper at Cairo Santos. And it's like, oh, he was a pretty good kicker. Cairo Santos is really freaking good. And he, he was nails on, on Monday night. He's been nails all year. He's 11 for 11. He missed the one game for personal reasons. You know, somehow they signed a guy that, what did he, did he go four for four or whatever? Yeah, Badgley, yeah. Like, what, what is happening here? Bears have suddenly figured out the kicking position. You know, this was like the, the original sin of the, the Ryan Pace uh, regime was, was cutting Robbie Gold. You know, walking in, it was like the first thing he did. He's like, I'm not paying for a kicker. Cutting Robbie Gold, get him out of here. And then it was like, oh no, what do you do now? Um, and it's just been this kind of odyssey. And then now Cairo Santos has really settled that. And uh, yeah, he's been he's been fantastic, and he deserved a little love for this game too. Because you know, if you miss one of those kicks, that really does change the dynamic of the game. But he just yeah. kept hitting them in the rain. Um, you know, that had to be kind of a soggy pitch there, and he he's able to you know have good footing and and get the ball through the upright and pretty good rush too. Like they had overload on on the left side. Um, uh, you know, clearly they saw something on film where they were going to try to sneak sneak a block, and you know he was able to to hit all four of those field goals last night, and uh, he's just been great since since he signed with Chicago. You know, you mentioned the uh, when they got rid of Robbie Gold. Santos was one of the guys he brought in. He I think spent like two games with the Bears in 2017 and. It might have got hurt again or it just didn't work out. And, you know, then they brought him back again for the second stint. And we're like, oh, this guy again. And, yeah, this guy again. You know, he's done a great job. He's earned his, his big contract. And, you know, it's it's nice to know that the Bears have a guy that you don't have to worry about. But, you know, we went through the, you know, a few years where it was was always a concern. You know, the, the Augusta silence stuff at training camp, trying to find their guy. And, you know, it's just uh, it was comical, you know, think, thinking about it. But, you know, these are things that that – Good teams don't have to worry about. You know, you have a, a kicker in place. That's 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 his job. He does his thing. You know, so so maybe now the Bears at some point when they are good again, they'll have. Hey, we got Santos. We're good there. We got Patrick Scales snapping really good, and of course we have the guillotine punting the ball. So our special teams are going to be solid, and the rest of the stuff kind of just fall into place. Yep, absolutely. Guillotine didn't get a lot of work last night, which is also a good thing. It's it's okay the when the punter doesn't. Kicking, yeah, yeah, but the punter doesn't have to work much. That's okay too. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to caught up in a numbers game. Our stat of the week. What number did you pull? My number is uh, one hundred eighty-one, and okay. that is the uh, the rushing yards per game for the Bears this season, which leads the league. And there were a few other nuggets there. Did you have something on that one? No, we're number one. That's number one, yes. All right, putting up Fine. a one. <laughs> so, so then, of course, uh, a pro football reference mentioned that this is the uh, the Bears just the fourth team since 1984 to average at least 181 rushing yards per game. 
uh, Hard Rock Sportsbook tweeted out that the Bears have rushed for 200 yards in consecutive games, which is the first time since 1985. Oh. And then Bet365 For any team or for the Bears? Um, you know what? Probably That's a good Bears. question. Probably for the Bears. Yeah, I can't imagine that no one else has done that. And yeah. then Bet365CA three, three, said the Bears are the only team in the NFL currently with uh, three, three players averaging over 50 yards rushing per game. That's Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, and Justin Fields. So the running attack has just been on point for the Bears, which is, you know, obviously that's what you want for a young quarterback. You want a strong running game. And then eventually that will now transition over and make things easier for your young quarterback to kind of do what he has to do through the air. I like that. I like that a lot. Now I'm wondering how close those three guys could get to 1,000 yards. That would be pretty cool. Oh, I don't wow. know the last time the Bears had 2,000-yard rushers. That'd be kind of fun. Have they ever had 2,000-yard rushers? I'm sure they I must have at some point in their I don't know. I'd have to go look. Oh. Man. I, I, that's a I'm good sure, question. I'm sure Jack. I was thinking the same thing. Like, oh, guys, come on. The course, you know. Yeah. 1958, right? <laughs> Rick Casares went in, you know, whatever. Anyway, Jack would probably know. Um, I, I I pulled a stat. Uh, I I believe Kevin Fishbane uh, tweeted out something that kind of caught my eye. And so I was thinking about this going into this week, but uh, Bill Belichick against first and second year quarterbacks at home as the Patriots head coach. So kind of a very specific stat, but home game, you know, going into Foxborough, Bill Belichick is very good. He's very good against young quarterbacks. He's very good at confusing them. Very good at game planning. This is why I was, you know, very worried about what he could do to Justin Fields in this offensive line. Um, But the stat was that Bill Belichick coached Patriots teams at home against first and second year quarterbacks were 42 and three going into this one. So it's just for the fourth time that a first or second year quarterback was able to go into Foxborough and beat a Bill Belichick coach team just to go show you just how hard that was. Um, you know, the, the Patriots are not a, they're, they're not a dominant team this year, but they're, they're not a bad football team. And that, that yeah. defense had been doing work, yeah. uh, you know, for the last few weeks and, and was really beaten up on people. So to, there's no discount this there's no like well you know bailey zappy i mean hey they pulled mac jones for bailey's that's that's a whole nother conversation this was a real accomplishment by justin fields and that offense taking it to a defense that had been doing quite well shut out the lions who looked like they were doing great they uh um you know really held the the browns in check who honestly are built kind of like the bears with a really good mm-hmm. running attack. They, they kept them in check. So this was a real accomplishment by this bears offense and Justin Fields. Bill Belichick's always been able to take away what you want to do. That's kind of been his, his forte through the years. He just, he can do it. And with, with a young quarterback, you know, they don't usually do a lot of things well. So the fact that Justin Fields can go in and they kind of had a different type of uh, offensive game plan. I don't think the Patriots were expecting it. I mean, Bill Belichick talked about it, but, the way they kind of showed it, it wasn't exactly what they were expecting because there were so many design runs. It was just a uh, a fun game plan by Luke Getze. Absolutely. Let's just roll right into the Fields report. So Justin Fields' uh, final line, not very big in the passing game, that you know, which you might expect, but 13 of 21 for 179 yards, one touchdown, one interception. The interception was the – uh, glance off the uh, hand of Judon and 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 kind of went right into the the corner's hand. 
took four sacks uh, for 32 yards. Um, sure that you can get into that a little bit. It's a little bit too much. Uh, could have definitely avoided those by getting rid of a couple of them. Uh, f- logged 14 carries for 82 yards. Credited, at least on the site that I was looking at, with four fumbles. Um, I believe that they credited him with the fumbles on the pitches that, that got fumbled by the running back. So so there is that, uh, you know, a little sloppy there, but it's, you know, wet, wet game. And I believe you and Robert talked a little bit about how Fields maybe has hands on the smaller side of things, and, and that might be affecting his ability to grip the football. But I broke down the runs uh, just because I was curious how many times he's scrambling versus how many times they were actually calling to run. So I, I, I counted up five designed runs out of that 14 uh, where the, the, it was called in the huddle that Justin's getting the, you know, going to take the football. So those quarterback sneaks, not quarterback sneaks, but uh, uh, quarterback draws, I should say, the quarterback powers, um, those designed runs for, for Justin Fields. I had five of those. I had three read options. So this was the, he's reading a player. If the the player crashes down, he's going to pull it. He's going to keep it. If the player stays put, he's going to hand the ball off to the running back. He kept three of those. Um, I had two uh, quarterback sneaks for him, which is, you know, just trying to get a a third and short uh, pickup, three scrambles, and then the one knee at the end. So for the most part, the runs were largely called. You know, by by Getze or you know, it called as a as a read option. So, the fourteen is a pretty high number for a quarterback to 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 run the football, but it was by design. And you think about how good that was for Jalen Hurts, how good that is for Lamar Jackson. I think they may have done a little scouting of some of those teams to say like, hey, we've got a guy that can do this too. Um, how do we incorporate some of that into our game plan? That was really the highlight for me. What about you? Yeah, I mean, that wasn't his game in college. But right. he's doing it now in the NFL because he has that kind of size. He has that kind of speed. He has a kind of athleticism. So I think that's what you want to do. You want to see that happen there. And I think Fields has been a – he shows that he can do that. So why not let him do that? You know what I mean? I mean, if he can do that, then if he can stress a defense in other ways besides just with his arm, that's what you want to see. And, yeah, the scrambles are nice. And, and I've never been a guy that wants to run your quarterback, like, on a lot of design runs. I think that's just, you know – a guy like Lamar Jackson, I mean, that's that's his thing. That's what he's used to. You know, a guy like Michael Vick back in the day, that was his thing. That's what he used to. Steve Young, I mean, that's what he was known for back in the day. You know, but you know, Justin Fields, I think every now and again you have to sprinkle those in. And I, I love the design of some of the plays too, because there were a few times where they would pull both the backside guard and tackle. It kind of gave like a, like a, a counter look. And I could just envision the plays off of that. You know, Justin Fields kind of going to one side with a quick handoff to the guy coming back the other way. It's just the way it looks uh, to the linebackers and to the safeties and stuff when they're watching the play in the backfield. I just envision where this offense is going, which is one of the reasons why I was excited to see the kind of the the Shanahan-esque style because so much stuff plays off each other. And I think the future of this offense is going to be really exciting. Yeah, like you talked about, you run a play – and you can see the counters and you know the the deeks off of that right yeah and and so so often so often in the previous regime (laughs) there'd be a play and it was that was like hey i designed this beautiful thing on the whiteboard and but it doesn't connect to anything else 
And so now, even if it worked, it's not going to work in the future because it's scouted out. And someone's going to see it and they're going to point and they're going to say, hey, that's that play we saw. And they're going to know exactly what's coming. Whereas here, it's like there's so many options off of this that you can you can mix it up and you can dress it up and, and, and you can change things and you can really fool them. You can show like, hey, we're running this and we're running it well. You put it on film the next week, you run the counter off of it because they're going to bite. Uh, one thing I noticed that I really liked uh, on a couple of these plays He's he's so good about keeping the play alive by by yeah. like evading pressure. Um, but there was one play early in the first quarter. He uh, rolls out and and he but he keeps his eyes downfield. And and what I thought Belichick was going to do is that he, hey I'm I'm going to dedicate a spy. I'm not going to let Justin Fields beat me with his legs. And that looked like they did that a little bit early on. Uh, and so he uh, feels like steps to the line like he's he, he makes like he's gonna he's gonna scramble that draws the linebackers up which then provides some space for him to pop it up over the top he's able to uh throw it over to esb there for a, for a nice gainer that's that's what you're talking about where they have to think about it they have to respect it so they call a defense to try to contain it he makes like he's gonna uh he, he's pressuring that line he's putting that linebacker in a no-win situation they you know those linebackers step up to try to make the play and that puts him out of position to to uh, defend the pass, and he drops that in there. That kind of stuff was happening, and that's the kind of stuff you like to see. He had, a, you know, that Nikhil Harry pass was a nice was a nice ball. Um, he had that ball to Mooney um, that uh, looked looked really good on the sidelines, right where he's rolling and he he, he fires it in there. Um, there's some good stuff. So I think largely really good. I would say that the one the one bad throw that I was. Uh, I kind of looked at, I ran it back a couple of times. It was a little behind Mooney on a ball. Yes. But I, I was kind of curious. Boot. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind of curious on your thought though. It looked like Mooney uh, took his route and started drifting upfield as opposed to maybe slowing down and, and, and trying to attack the ball. And you see that you saw that a lot last year where there would be receivers that would sort of just drift as opposed to fight at the point of the ball. And that allowed the that allowed the corner in this instance to undercut that route. And he really could have intercepted that ball. That was a that was a lucky that they got away with that one. But you know, a little bit like the receiver needs to kind of fight for the ball. They they you know don't need to drift upfield, particularly when the ball's a little bit off target. But I was curious if you saw saw the same thing or um, what you saw in that ball to Mooney. Yeah, it's, it's it's a lot of times in those things you have to really cut that angle tight. You know, come back to the sideline if that's kind of where you're throwing it. And like you said, it did look like you kind of drifted a little bit. So yeah, I'm kind of with you on there. Overall, um, I think a lot of people are saying, "Oh, this is a this is the huge step forward that we're looking for. This is the breakout. You know, this is this is a big deal." I, I don't know if it's the breakout yet or anything like that because they're not huge passing numbers. But this is a really nice game. This is a really complete game. Um, I'd love to see, you know, a 350-yard dominating passing game at some point, right? Um, but this is a really nice game against a good defense, and they were dictating the terms of engagement all night. And I think that is the important takeaway here, is that the Bears' offense was taking it to a good defense. It was an efficient uh, game by him, and like you said, it was a complete game because he showed it with the uh, the run and the pass. All right, well, we'll leave it there. We're going to come back uh, after our break and talk about everybody's favorite segment, the three bears. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, Lester, we're back. So let's talk about the three bears. So hot bowl of porridge, cold bowl of porridge, and just right. A lot of options for the hot bowl of porridge in a, in a game like this, but who did you want to reward here? You know, I, I, I had a couple of guys written down like I did earlier, I tried to tribute, but I'm going to go linebacker Roquan Smith because he did something that has never happened before in the history of the Bears franchise, according to the team site, 12 tackles a sack, an interception, and a tackle for loss. And according to the Bears team site, that's the first time in Bears history a, a player ever got that stat line for them, which to me it seems kind of weird because it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal. Oh, is, is there a caveat to this? What do you got I, I have to at least jump in here and say, okay. you know, uh, sacks have been an official stat since 1982. Yeah. it's not it's Tackle not a, for yeah. loss has been an official stat since I don't even know when. I think later than yeah. that. I think yeah. like in the 90s or something. 90s that came into vogue, yeah. Okay, so so those are two things, right? But we're still talking nineties. We're still talking at least, you know, several decades the other, there. So. The other thing I'll say is it says first time a player's ever had that stat line, which means like, well, did somebody have a sack, a uh, uh, an interception, a tackle for loss, and thirteen tackles and oh, yeah. eight tackle? Like I don't know, two sacks, and like I I, I didn't really understand the way that it was worded, it felt a little like the know, wording if, was strange. I, I was assuming right? it was like, like it, it makes sense. Like that's like, like that's the, the baseline. Like no one's ever hit these right thing. That's the way I took it. But like you said, the way it was worded, it makes you think like, well, did, did Erlock do like 20 tackles one time and, and do the same thing? I don't know. So, but, right, but, but regardless, right. Roquan had a really nice game. It was a national stage, you know, and he was kind of called out a few times with some games, but I think he's, you know, he's had more good than bad now, you know, and and, and I saw something else on, on, on Twitter. I forget who sent it out there, but they said that when they had a chance to go back and watch the all 22, because it's, it's out for some people, they said he was playing some, a little, some at the, uh, the wheel and some at the mic. So it was kind of playing a little two position stuff. And, you know, I think that's more of a matchup thing maybe with the Patriots, but I think it's interesting to show his versatility. Absolutely. I think that that's good. Um, I think putting him him in a position to succeed is a good idea. And that actually rolls into my hot bowl of porridge. And I'm going to give it to the Bears coaching staff. When's the last time that a Bears coaching staff came out of a buy or a mini buy like this is (laughs) where you're coming off that Thursday night game and actually look like they made real changes that worked in a football game? Like, I, I don't know. I really do not know the answer to that. I feel, I mean, is it Lovey Smith era? I mean, it, it has to be a really long time for that to have, have happened for, for the Chicago bears. The defense 
look like they made good adjustments. Like they, they really were, were trying to put players in a position to succeed here. I like what, like you said, the defensive coordinator has been doing and it looks like, you know, Kyler Gordon starting to, to, you know, take off and, and look more comfortable in his role as a rookie. Jaquan Brisker, you know, looked pretty uncomfortable for a few moments there <laughs> because of Mac Jones, but overall, like they, you know, paid him back and, and had that incredible interception. Um, but he, you know, he's looking good. And then a lot of these other players, these, you know, the defensive line rotation um, and some of the schematic stuff that they've changed looks to be working great. Okay. Defense looks good. What about the offense? Boy, Luke Getze really making some changes and, and, and for the better and calling a good game and kind of understanding some flow here. You know, Matt Eberflus, you know, aggressive or, you know, smart, you know, trying to squeeze field goals on, on out of some of these drives, right? So a lot of this stuff just looked good, took a team that looked really beaten down, um, coming off of a tough home loss and really reinvigorated them. And I just think that this coaching staff deserves all the respect in the world for doing that. Yeah, that's a great point. I mean, all they all did a great job. I mean, the, the special teams they made changed the special team. They took Bayless Jones off the punt return, kick return because he had some issues. And I thought Pettis, who, who had a bobble, of course, of what's going to happen, but he had a couple nice returns. Khalil Herbert had some nice returns in, in the kick return game. They did put Bayless Jones back there for one of the kick returns, but it was a touchback, so it wasn't like he was completely taken off the unit. They kind of said, "Hey." We're going to give these guys a chance. We'll rotate you in. And they did that. I think that's a good thing from the coaching staff as well to kind of say, hey, we still believe in you. Just we want to give these guys a chance to kind of show what they can do. But we're, we're going to put you out there for, for a chance every now and again. So I think at some point, Bayless Jones will get those both those jobs back because, you know, you can't you can't coach speed. He's got that 4-3 speed, and I think it's, it's good to have him back there. He's a, a different kind of threat. But like you said, man, the offense, the defense – they just did a great job in making these adjustments. And the, the Nagy era was defined by, the, you know, it's like, did, did they ever win out of a bye? I mean, I, I, I'm i sure they must have won. It was four years. But, you know, I can't think of one off the top of my head that he actually won one out of an actual bye. This wasn't a real bye that was called the mini bye because it was Thursday night, then a Monday night. But it was still, they took advantage of the the extra time and they they made necessary changes. And, uh, you know, even at the center, Lucas Patrick going there, didn't last, but you know, I thought the few reps I watched for Patrick looked pretty good. Hopefully, the toe's not injured too bad, but it's, it's it was fun. It was fun to see them uh, make changes. Well, let's flip it around. Let's talk about the cold bowl of porridge. So, who did you identify here in a in a very good game? It's hard yes. to it's hard to do this part of it, but there are certainly a couple guys that maybe deserve a little bit of uh, calling out here. Now, I'm gonna I'm gonna preface this by saying he was facing a Pro Bowl talent. So he okay. kind of did what I thought he would do. But Larry Borum, he had a rough game. I mean, he gave up some some sacks, gave up some pressures. You know, his, his stuff in the run game wasn't as, as crisp as we've seen in the past. He struggled a bit. You know, but Matthew Judon is a really good football player. He's doing it for a, for a six, seven years now. Like I said, he's, a, I think, a three-time pro bowler. So I wasn't surprised that Borum struggled a bit. But, again, when, when the Bears have such a good performance, you know, a, 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 some play like this where he wasn't, as good as everyone else it kind of stands out so that's why i got to go larry Borum this week yeah i mean it, it <laughs> i mean it felt pretty obvious going in right i mean this was this was a, a real mismatch um you know we, we had a little sidebar with with some of the podcasters and ej said you know man Borum's getting beat i'm like yeah man it's a mismatch like I mean, yeah. this was this is not good for larry Borum. 
you know, they needed to have a, a real plan going in to be able to give chip help. And, and, you know, when, when he didn't have that, you know, it, it stood out. I mean, Judon's a, a really nice player and, and he really took advantage of, of, of the tackles in this one, uh, but particularly Borum, you know, got him leaning and then shot back in with, you know, with a nice speed, you know, stab step and, and coming back in. It's just a really impressive player. He's really good at football. Right. Good. Like, and so, and so, um that is what it is like you know borum's just outmatched and and totally agree that you know that one stuck out um couple for me i I had borum written down in case you didn't mention him a couple for me uh eddie jackson i think that was a blown coverage Um, i'm not going to know for sure he he certainly bailed back on that but you know not diving uh to, to 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 touch him while he's down allowed him to get up and and make that lunge into the uh jacoby myers lunge into the end zone for the touchdown you know, it didn't end up mattering, but at the time it sure felt like it mattered. And just, you know, it almost felt like old Eddie there. Like it wasn't, you know, quite as aggressive enough. And the blown coverage is what it is. I, I don't know if that's what it was or if you just like, you know, bailing back or whatever. Um, but almost that like lack of effort there in the last split second felt like, oh, Eddie, like, what are you doing, man? You got, you got to, you know, you got to make the effort there. And then I was just going to call out the, the uh you know the the poor nutritional plan uh of, of lucas patrick or the like the lack of calcium like what is happening with these digits man like the thumb injury and now a toe injury like patrick like let's drink some milk man what are you doing eat some i mean the, 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 the toe injury is no joke i don't know if you, i don't know if you ever had a toe injury or, or know someone had a toe injury like like back when I was in college, I did, I did a speech actually on turf toe because I did a thing on AstroTurf and I looked in the turf toe and it's that not called that anymore because it can happen at any surface. But if that's what it is, it's basically you're jamming the toe. And I'm going to talk more about this with Dr. Mason West on my show if he's back from Disney. I'm not sure what his schedule is, but we'll talk to him. And if not, he may mention on his show on Bare Bones. But yeah, the fifth toe, I mean, that that's depending on severity. I mean, it's that could be rough. We could be in for more... Uh, more Sam Mustfer moving forward here. There's some Sam Mustfer's doing voodoo on something. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's insane. I don't really understand it. Uh, no, the, 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 I, I would imagine that having your toes feel good is, is pretty important for an offensive lineman. So I, I would think that this is, this is a real thing that we're going to have to worry about. So hopefully it's, Hopefully it's nothing too serious and he, he can get back because I did feel a little bit more comfortable in that first part of the game when he was in there. I was like, oh, okay, he's looking all right. But anyway, uh, man, Bears Bears need to figure that out or he needs to f- eat more spinach or whatever the heck he needs to do. So <laughs> just uh, just crazy. All right, just right. Who did you have for this? I, I just mentioned him and he's Sam Mustfer. I know he came in. <laughs> Look, he, he is a reserve player. This is who he is. He does not... I think he's a he's a backup. So I agree. In, again, the spirit of the just right, he, as a reserve, he came in and did, did his job. He wasn't flawless because there was that one play, the first sack Justin Fields took, where he was kind of wandering around. I, I don't know what the hell he was doing. When I was watching it live, you really could see Justin Fields cock the throw to Sam Musfer at one point. So I mean, yeah, well, I'm, 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 because what you're what are you supposed to do in the scramble drill as a wide receiver is you're supposed to like show your numbers to the quarterback right <laughs> that's, what that's what they say did, yeah show your numbers here's sam Mustafer. here's 67 justin if you need it like what are you doing <laughs> uh, uh, that was such a strange play i mean like if you just watch him from the snap like he yeah, didn't block he anyone. 
He just kind of wanders around lost. Like he just didn't know where he was going. But besides that play though, there were other plays where, where Sam Mustfer, there was a couple times he buried his guy. And I'm like, that's yeah. Sam Mustfer. And, and and Sam Mustfer talked about it that, you know, and, and I think it was the uh, the Sun-Times that I had an article. Um, he was a little pissed off that he was benched. And I'm sure. like, really? I, yeah, I can understand him being upset, but he had to see it coming. I mean, they signed Lucas Patrick to take his job in the offseason. So you kind of figured that was coming. Um, but, you know, then he went in and, you know, he, he didn't complain publicly. You know, he just kind of, right. whatever, put his head down and, like I said, in the spirit of the just right bull, here is a guy that was benched. He he belongs in a bench. He's a he's a good if if he's your top reserve, that's fine. I'd rather see a better guy. But hey, he came in, did his job, and I thought in some of those some of those run plays, he, he did a good job at the point of attack, which he hasn't really done a lot this season. My coach would have said in game film review, sixty-seven <laughs> buy a ticket, right? Yeah. Like you're just, you're just you're a spectator. What are you doing? But the the whole like. He totally showed his numbers to him, like like a receiver would. Justin, yeah. no, what are you? No, get yeah. out of my face! Like what? I think that he, he took uh, feels end up taking a sack. He there, took right? a sack there, yeah. I think it was just because he was so confused, like he was yes. ready to dump it off, and he's like, "Why is Sam Mustafer sitting there?" He uh, was wide he was, open uh, in the flat, though. It oh would have been beautiful. I, I would have been amazing if he would have thrown it to him. Like, like I just think it would have been bears fun. things. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just like like throwing it right at. Well, what are you doing there? Why are you standing there? Like you're a tight end, just like trying to get an outlet. Uh, that was amazing. That would have been really funny uh, for me. I, <laughs> this is, this is not even, this is, this should have, this, this could get a hot bowl of porridge. Okay. I get okay. it. But for me, bears defense, forcing three interceptions and recovering a fumble feels just right. Yeah. You know, like Bears football, Bears defense, turning the ball over, right? And like really like dictating terms on defense. That feels just right to me. And I know that that's not, and four turnovers is not going to happen every week. Like I get that, but it just felt good. It felt right to me and it felt like I was back in home. It was, was, I'm watching Erlacher, I'm watching Tillman, right? I'm watching these guys that were so, you know, we love that era. We loved watching that defense. That's what it felt like. It felt like these guys were, were getting after it. You know, they're tipping the ball in the air. They're, they're making big plays like that play from Brisker. Fantastic. Um, That play from Gordon was really good. That, 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 uh, that wide receiver is really, really fast. That's what he's there for. So like I got tracked down, I get it, but like, he's going to probably score on that one, you know, eight, nine times out of 10, but it was just a good play. Um, Both of them, you know, put one hand on it and, and, you know, grabbed it in. Like that was fantastic. You know, the tip ball and Roquan underneath it, like fantastic. Like I loved it. It felt right. So the Bears defense turning the ball over gets my just right this week. I like that. You know, and then about that Gordon interception, you know, someone I mentioned saying that it seemed like uh, Kyler Gordon was like a Keith tractor trailer, how slow he was going on the sideline. And I'm thinking slow. The guy that caught Man. him runs a four, two 40. That was, that was a uh, uh, Tyquan Thornton, right? I mean, he's, a, he's Tyquan a Thornton's one of the fastest yeah. guys yeah. in the world. I, yeah. I, it's it's just the it's a relativity thing, right? Like yeah. you know, I mean, if if you know, if you and I are are sprinting next to each other, no offense, Lester, but you might make me look kind of fast, right? Yeah, but probably, like I'm yeah. slow, 
you know, like I know that I'm, I'm not going to be able to beat much of anybody. So, you know, I'm, you know, if I ran against uh, Tevin Jenkins in a sprint, Jenkins is going to beat me, even though he's yeah. got a hundred plus pounds on me. Right. Cause that's just where he's at. So now that's just a relativity thing. Uh, Gordon is very, very fast. Would have scored that eight out of eight, eight out of 10 times. I'll bet. But that, you know, Thornton just happens to be super fast. So no big deal there. Um, Let's uh, let's get out of here and uh, we'll uh, we'll turn it over to some Q&A for the YouTube folks here in a minute. But let's uh, let's get out of here for the podcast. Uh, condensed week, shortened week. EJ is on the road uh, or in the air or whatever the heck he's doing. So we're going to actually skip bears over beers this week. Uh, give us a little break. Uh, we're going to take a bye week, I guess. Uh, we'll, we'll put it that way maybe use this game film and the game film coming up in Dallas to, you know, ha- talk about both of those games in the next week or something like that. Maybe let's pick a player and, and watch them in both games so that we get coverage in this one. Cause there's a lot of good stuff in this one, but uh, we're not, we are not going to go tomorrow night again, uh, condensed week and all that. Um, the site, you know, condensed week on, on the follow-up and then we're, you know, ramping up for that, for the Dallas game. Um, anything else from you for the rest of the week? staying with the channel, the YouTube channel, I think Robert's still doing his live stream tonight. I know he got yeah. the all 22. He's got the all 22 secret hookup that he gets before most people. So, so, so I think he is going to go that tonight. So stick around. If you guys are watching on the YouTube channel for him at eight o'clock. Um, yeah. I mean, I think I'm substituting for you on Sunday on your yes. gambler's den, which I, I, I'm, I'm nervous about this, to be honest with you, because I'm not a I'm not a huge gambling guy. I'm not, I don't play daily fantasy very often, so I'm a little nervous about this one. All right. So I I will provide you with as much okay. of the stuff as you need, um, but I, I will turn it over to you a little bit. If you you know, if you want to make the bets for me this week, yeah. you know, you're, you're more than welcome uh, to. Um, so. <laughs> I am. I am not very good. At the, yeah, I'm not very good at that. Like I did. I, I don't know if I told you, but I I followed your uh, your prize picks for you and Ross's, and I I, I hit my I hit it. I, I hit three three of them. So I'm like, yeah, I made a little bit of money there. So as long as I can stay profitable, and then as far as my actual picks goes, I'm having a pretty bad year on tally site. So I don't want to mess around and uh, mess up your record. So you make the picks. I'll call them out, and we'll be good. Tally side, I'm I'm okay. Um, at I think I'm ranked like a hundred out of four hundred people or whatever. Um, but I'm I mean I'm not doing because I'm trying to pick everything just to like fill up the sheet for us on on the but site. But you're profitable never, on that though, right? I don't think I am actually. I went back and looked at it. I think I'm a little okay. under. I think my record's positive, but I'm not staying ahead of the big enough, right? So it is what it is. Um, it's not bad, but it's yeah. but it. I'm trying to pick everything, and that's I would never bet everything, right? Never, yeah. And, and that's that's the whole point of the gambler's den is that you're you're picking the lines that you like the best. Um, I, I, I've been profitable on that every, you know, almost every week. I think this week I was down a half of a unit. Um, that's fine. You know, like I, I profited, I, I was profitable on the Thursday night game and the Monday night game, which I didn't capture there. Uh, so in personally I did okay, but you know, on the Sunday games, I was, I was like down a half a unit, which isn't a big deal. Most every other week I've been profitable 
we've been doing really good on on the prize picks. Uh, Ross hit five out of five last week, um, so that was really big. And then I, I've only had one week that I haven't been profitable on prize pick stuff, so that's been that's been nice for us too. So yeah, check us out. You'll get to pinch hit um, this this weekend. I'll, I'll give Sunday you some, morning at ten a.m. That, that's a real fun show. It's it's a it's a YouTube exclusive, so we don't do a podcast for that. So right. so you guys make sure you check us out on uh, secondcitygridiron.com, obviously, and the. Uh, 10 a.m. every Sunday. You know, it's, it's usually JB Ross and Eric Smith from the QB list. They kind of do their thing. But this week, it's going to be uh, me trying to trying to get things figured out there. Awesome. Well, we'll get out of here. And again, we'll stick around for the YouTube guys. But uh, until next time, guys, enjoy this victory. This is a nice one. And uh, bear down. <laughs>